Paul and Moses Play, a celebration of games and play, and a deep dive into video games and what make them so special to us. I'm your host, Paul Berberich, and with me, as always, is Dr. Moses Wolfenstein. Hello, Moses. Hello, Paul. We are back. Welcome back for episode number 98 as we close in on the big hundo. So 98, we're getting real close to episode 100. We're getting real close to ranking 100 games, um, which, uh, you know, I guess we're getting real close to the end of season one of Paul and Moses Play. Yeah. And actually, I have some thoughts on that. I, I started having second thoughts about, because the, the podcast kind of ebbs and flows a, a little bit in terms of, like, if we're As playing the, the same. natural order of the world. I mean, you know. Yeah. If we're playing the same game, you know, uh, interest ramps up if we're really into something. And, you know, I'd floated the idea of of taking a little break, but it's like, uh, you're probably still going to be playing Baldur's Gate, and there ain't no way I'm going to want to miss out on particular ah. updates. Um, I mean, you'll get those updates. It's just a question of whether or not we want them packaged into podcast-sized pieces. Yeah. I ha I wouldn't be surprised if I chip away at Baldur's Gate until well into next year, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just, there's so much game there. So, you know, I talked to you off pod about this. Um, I meant to make more progress yesterday, but I wound up having to go continue to doing some work, having to, uh, cho choosing to go doing, uh, continue a little bit more of practice studio construction work for Mechanum. Uh, okay. It's getting real close. It's It's a trip, man. First of all, it's cool. Uh, having found people in Southern California who actually have uh, skills, mm -hmm. something I'm not used to finding here that was so prevalent in Wisconsin mm -hmm. of people who can do things like frame up a wall, you know, mm -hmm. where it's like, I, I can be a very good assistant. I can use a drill. I can measure shit. I can hold shit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so many people in Southern California just don't know how to do things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um but the result was that even though I had yesterday off, I did not have time for Baldur's Gate like I was planning on. But nonetheless, since the last episode, I've gotten some play in. And uh, and we we synced up a little bit off of that, how I'd ventured into the ruins and um, had like my second substantial combat. Because mm -hmm. like the training combat on the Nautiloid is not, it's not quite the real deal. It's designed for you to be able to beat it real easily, although not quickly. Yeah. Like they give you enough ground that you have to traverse to the goal that you're not going to be able to do it in like two rounds. Like mm -hmm. just by definition, it's going to take a little while to get there, which gives you a nice chance to get familiar with, you know, your starting character's abilities um, and get to suss it out a little bit. But then, you know, I had the fight, uh, as mentioned in the last step, uh, outside of the Emerald Sanctuary. Mm -hmm. um, but then getting into the ruins, I had my second substantive fight with the, the thieves there. Mm -hmm. um and man that was really cool that was really cool yeah 100 uh, the conclusion that like you definitely want at least 45 minutes of time for any given combat encounter in this game <laughs> like anything that's a set piece at all it's going to be obvious when it is a set piece like mm -hmm. uh, you're going to need to you need a little bit of time just like with tabletop dnd yep are you able to uh, hide often? I know also you can get advantage if another character is attacking the enemy you're attacking, but are you getting those yep. sneak attacks off uh, regularly? Mostly I've been doing it that way because you can do, you know, you just need advantage for sneak attack. Unlike yeah. in previous systems, this is a 5e thing as long as you've got advantage. Um, 
And I am hoping, I, I don't remember exactly what the rule is for this, but when I get to level three, I should be able to take the swashbuckler path, which allows for dual wielding hmm. for a rogue um, and gives you some other circumstance. I think it's like, maybe you trade away having advantage. You can, you can do a sneak attack somehow when you're one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I very briefly had the opportunity um, for like a few play sessions uh, to to play that build of rogue in uh, in tabletop um, in person, and it was a super fun build. So I think that that's the direction that I'm going to go. But yeah, in that particular fight, not so much, mm-hmm. um, because the way it's set up, you know, they're all on the other side of this doorway, and it really is set up to say like there's one very successful way to win this because you're still very squishy at second level. Yeah, and it is like get the get take advantage of the bottleneck, you know, force them to advance through where you can like gang up on them all at once. Uh, but what I was able to do, taking advantage of the rogue, uh, was less the sneak attack, but more the disengage bonus action yeah. that rogues can, which yeah. um, you know is, is fantastic. You get in, you can get your hit and get out without leaving yourself as a soft and squishy target for like everyone, right? right. I'd like dash into the room. No, not dash. I'd move into the room, cause dash or disengage, choose one. Um, you know, get those hits in and then uh, pop right back out so that uh, I was not not there as a primary target. So uh, yeah, man, um, very fucking delightful. And uh, I don't remember on the previous pod, I don't think I'd even had all of the conversations in the sanctuary. That was like my other big discovery about Baldur's Gate that, I mean, Y'all who have talked to me about this have intimated that this is the case, but oh my fucking God, the conversation trees are built so well Mm -hmm. and the, the characters are all voiced so thoroughly. It's insane. Yeah. And, and very rarely was I left with, well, wait, I want to say this type of thing instead. It was almost always represented by one of the options before me, even if it was a persuasion or something that could fail, I still had at least the opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I also think I probably hadn't discovered this as much because uh, I think it mostly came up when I went to camp because I was like, fuck, I've used up way too many resources. I need to actually take a long rest. Yeah. Um, Where uh, they give you the dialogue option as a Baldurian with somebody else who's from Baldur's Gate. Mm -hmm. And like, what a cool way to create sense of place in the world. You know, it's like, this is a real place. You're from there. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. that you, the player, don't might not know shit about it, but your character does. Yep. And it is a way that you can relate to somebody else who is from there, whether they are an NPC or a party member. Yeah. I wonder, because I was a human, and you're a half-elf, mm-hmm. uh, I'd have to assume that not all races are Baldurians. Like, Githyanki um... probably is not Baldurian. Uh... So I wonder if it's so funny. A... I didn't even consider the idea of rolling a more, you know, non-conventional Same. race. Yeah. Like it was not even in the cards for me. And it's like, you know, maybe an elf, but probably a human or a half elf, like yeah. the more or less most conventional possible path. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, what you said about the voice acting from top to bottom, every character, there's never a moment where it's like, mm, I don't really buy that. It's, even the kids, you know, uh, and yeah. it might not be a child actor, but like uh, portraying. No, they're voiced really the, well. The I mean, I did have the the interaction with the uh, the tiefling kids trying to run the scam. Yeah. Super cool. Just a really great little bit of depth 
And that's exactly the kind of thing that in more classic RPGs or CRPGs, like they wouldn't put much into this character, <laughs> you know, like this is not a plot central character. This is not the priestess you're going to, you know, the druid you're going to talk to in the temple to give you your main quest. This is like, it's a little side thing. Let's just give them something to say and then you can get into the interaction. But like, no, there's a rich interaction and you can even like roll. Yeah. You even have the opportunity that can take you down the path of doing a skill check. Like fucking wild. Have you found uh, Bazel yet? I've not found Lazel yet. Okay. I've not found Lazel um, in trying to track down Lazel and a shovel. Um, this is how I backdoored my way into the ruins. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, I might as well just, I, you know, I've got three party members and you can only have, you know, three plus you at a time anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I've got a full complement. Uh, either not necessarily like exactly the party comp I might consider ideal, but. Um, but I'll go with it. I've got somebody who can cast a healing spell. Mm-hmm. I've got somebody who can wear some decent armor and, uh, you know, and I've got somebody who can, who can blow shit up Yeah, and me who can yeah. stabby stabby. So, you know, that's a like reasonable combo. Can anyone um, speak with animals? I don't think so. Okay. I know that you can teach Gale spells from scrolls. Oh, sure. So if you see a wizard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In that case, he can learn a lot of magic as per the the rule system. Yeah. I was like trying to remember the other day, yesterday, I was like, is he a wizard or a sorcerer? I think he's a wizard. He acts more like a wizard. Yeah. But at first level, it's got like, yeah, a little, yeah, harder to say, right? Like, hey, you've got your spell a day or whatever anyway. Right. There's, you know, the sorcerer spell set is a subset of the wizard spell set. So I love Gale. I love his voice. Like, he's just, charming and he is charming but not like too nice but not mean either like um and one of my favorite uh i'm sure you'll discover it eventually but i'll just i'll just say what it, what it is when you tell him to wait at camp mm-hmm. you don't want him in your party anymore you know everyone's like disappointed when that happens but when you go back to him and be like hey you know let's roll together again um it just makes me so happy every time he's like with pleasure lead on <laughs> and it's just it's like yes gail like you're coming with me nice. and you like that you're coming with me. And then like, you're telling me to lead the way every time it, it felt good. I'll also throw out there, like this is early game and I don't have a clue yet um, about which party member I might be interested in romancing. Yeah. It's hard to say. I've rolled a female character. I haven't settled on her sexuality yet, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm leaving that in the ether until I see, uh, which probably means that I'm inherently leaning towards her being bi because it's kind of like, which of these characters personality wise is kind of pulling me along the most that I think this will be interesting. Her human we'll side see. is into dudes and the elf yeah. side is into, <laughs> that's how it works, right? I uh, no, that's definitely not how it works. Do we need to talk about gender identity and sexuality on this podcast? I hope not. Yes. Oh, oh. without the right guest. Yeah. I mean, well, we don't have the right guest. I mean, yet. No, we we have the wrong guest for that coming up, actually. <laughs> probably. Um, yes. Just because it's three dudes, uh, you know, Yeah. probably. Um, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's for another guest another time. Paul and Moses. I don't even know what the suffix would no, be. No, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to try and go for it on the fly. It's not <laughs> one that suggests itself. I was just thinking again about the inevitable necessity of Paul and Moses pray. We can do it in our old age. Yes. 
when the when the praying time is upon us, when we have nothing left. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not how I roll anyway with with my spirituality. But uh, <laughs> well, once again, not a podcast about spirituality. Right. So uh, yeah, but um, did you did you wrap it? I beat it. Yeah. D- uh, did you notice that a DLC just dropped? I heard today, and it apparently uh, includes an epilogue. An epilogue, which was notably absent. Uh, I had heard that the ending had disappointed a lot of people. I wasn't disappointed uh, in the ending per se. There was an aspect of the ending that in three or four months' time, you and I can talk about that was pretty disappointing. But it it was so disappointing that it actually isn't disappointing because I just had canoned. I'm like, well, my tab wouldn't do that. This Ah. is what my my tab did at the end. Like, yeah. and is it something that is remediable, remediable via epilogue potentially? It would or have to be it... pre-epilogue, but okay. yes, it could be remedied. It could be oh, remedied. Could be, yeah, yeah, okay, be remedied easy. with. Yeah, yeah, no, but that's not the same thing as saying like, hey, with this additional writing, we can make this feel different. It's more like, no, this would need to be have a little bit of a rewrite from your perspective. Well, it's more that it happens before the epilogue is all. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. But okay. Uh, uh, but. Man, um, you know, it's the, it hit a point maybe 20 hours ago where I was so loaded up on healing potions. Yeah. And the game is somewhat easy anyway on normal. Yeah. Like if you at all know what you're doing slash if you use the resources the game gives you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's challenging for the first half and then the second half just gets easier and easier. But at the very end, there were a few fights that sort of changed things up. Yeah, including the final battle to where it was like, oh, this is challenge. This is hard. And I'm engaged and um, I had to restart. You know, it probably took me an hour mm-hmm. uh, for, for the one uh, fight there at the end, um, which was quite satisfying. And nice. Uh, My final you know, boss battle should have like even in conventional tabletop, it should be doing something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a good DM, especially for experienced players, which, you know, so help me. What's the level cap in this is like 12, 12? Yeah. High enough. Yeah. By the time you've gotten to 12th level, you might not have been an experienced player when you started the game, but you sure as fuck are now. Yep. Right. Um, and so a good DM or a good campaign writer is going to do something interesting with your final boss fight to make you be like, oh, I can't just do the thing. I'm going to have to come up with some other thing to do here and unlike in bad video game final boss fight writing you know the system tends to give the dm a lot of choices right. i it, it, that's not to say that you know devs don't have choices they can make but it's very easy to fall into a trap i think as a triple a game dev to do something gimmicky mm-hmm. um or like oh i mean if this was 2010 like the final boss fight is a quick time event. Like, what the fuck? No, this has been a third person action game. Why is the final boss fight a quick time event? Right. Um, but D&D is a system. Like, it just gives you a lot of, of flexibility to be like, there are going to be features of um, of the boss. Like, there can be lair effects and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. That, um, that can make for a compelling and interesting puzzle of a final fight. So, yeah. I don't know. Having no concept of what that fight is because I'm very far from it. Yeah. I'm all the way back at the other end of the journey. Right. 
So yeah, I'm happy that they put out the epilogues. Um, it would be not, it would have been nice if it would have been you know two nights ago. Yeah, sure. Because I guess you have to you have to like load before the final battle or before the end of the final battle, and I just don't know where my save is oh. there. And I kind of have closure in a sense. Yeah, and I almost don't want to like do that. I don't know. I I should because. I'll, I'll be curious to see what what the remaining people I mean, have if it's to dependent say. on anything if it's dependent on on choices that you've made then yeah. it won't be the same to just go and watch a video right right um but you know it's it's bittersweet saying goodbye to those characters for now um their voices have been in my ear and faces have been on the screen for almost three months and you know it's been a delight I, I feel like I know yeah. them all and are almost like friends you know in, in a sense and i took do some you think you might do a, a replay uh yes but i want it to be on pc okay yeah um I'm, I'm pretty certain and by then they'll have fixed more stuff there might be a dlc oh, yeah. more epilogues who knows oh i'd be shocked if they don't do a dlc for this game yeah um, i am curious about uh the dark urge playthrough mm -hmm. where you have this murderous murderous internal intense. struggle the the whole time um yeah so yeah, uh, I'll, I'll I'll go back eventually, but um, definitely happy happy that it's that it's happy to have seen it through. You know, I will say that knowing that exists almost feels like a slight spoiler to me, because I could be wrong on my conjecture that attaches to that. Mm. But my I already had this conjecture before that was the case, though, and the conjecture is based off of this fucking fundamental game mechanic that they introduced from the, well narrative mechanic more than game mechanic that they introduced from the very very beginning. Although it does, you know, play into your dialogue tree options. Um, but, you know, you've got the tadpole in your head. Yeah. It does not behave. You learn quite early. It does not behave like a normal Mind Flayer tadpole should. Mm -hmm. Which leads to the almost inevitable conclusion that going and finding the missing head druid from the Emerald Grove will not be the solution to that particular problem. And that, in fact, this will have, uh, you know, I could be wrong about this, but it, it's like it's where my conjecture goes almost immediately is like, yeah, you're going to be stuck with this, stuck with this thing, air quotes, um, because whatever's going on here, there's some mystery to it. And it's going to be a driver of a lot of what is yet to come. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Say nothing. You should say nothing. Um, you know, I will say this when you're going through the ship, um, you find the mind flare. Uh, who's like trapped underneath the thing. Yeah. I chose not to interact with with them because it seemed the game almost is shouting at you. This is extremely dangerous. Don't fuck around. Yeah. Um, But that also means that that character is not necessarily dead. Hmm. So anyway, I'll see where it goes. I, I think you can even game over there if you are real dumb and real unlucky. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. So uh, anyway, and you've uncovered a, a fair amount of the map in Act One, although it is quite large. I have no uh, idea how much of the map there is, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I've uncovered the path up to the grove, and I've mm -hmm. uncovered back off the side. I was again searching for Lazel, so I was like, "Well, let me go back off to the east over here," which is how I found the ruins. Yeah. Um, which leaves me with the inevitable conclusion that she must be somewhere off to the west because of what else I've uncovered. Only not too far off to the west, because at that point I'm starting to get in the direction of the main quest line. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we'll see.
Did you complete uh, the the ruins, or do you? No, no, not quite. Okay. I finished. I finished that fight, but then I was like, I need to long rest because, yeah. um, I there's gonna be another fight in here. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever they were here after is something else I will have to fight. So, I I better like take this long rest and then mm -hmm. finish up in here before I go back out and go looking for Lazelle. Yeah, it's kind of my thinking. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, because it's like, oh, there's a room through that direction that looks like there's ancient shit in there and i bet if you go in there something is going to happen because <laughs> yeah. this is dungeons and dragons and certain tropes are just good yep. this is a good good dungeon design trope is like oh here you fought these bandits and that was a reasonably tough fight well they were here for something do you really think you just get to walk in and take it of course not yep so yeah no i'm looking forward to finding out what it is yeah Cool, man. Um, I think the one other thing I mentioned to you is I was really pleased with the fact that they build in the level of environmental interaction design where you can, you know, go up to the top and shoot down the thing to knock the hole in the ground. Mm -hmm. They like give you the hint when you investigate down below, like, oh, it's going to take something to break this open. You can't just like, you know, hammer on it. Yeah. So I that makes me think there will be a bunch more of that in the game. And uh, I look forward to, to finding out just exactly what. Yeah. Very cool. Um, the only, I think, the only other notable thing, uh, teardown. I'm not sure how long it's been on PlayStation Plus, but it is now free, at least for the tier that I am at. Um, you and I are at the same tier, right? The one that doesn't give you access to everything. Right, I think we're at the middle. Virtual... The middle tier. Yeah, the top tier gives you the whole virtual console thing. Where I yeah. was like, I would probably pay this if my PlayStation were sitting right next to my router or like hardwired in by LAN. I would be like, yeah, if I had a Cat5 cable running into the router, Cat6 or whatever, then I would probably pay the extra however many dollars a year just because the idea of not having to download your shit to play it is very appealing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Teardown. Yeah, you're probably familiar. Um, the voxel-based destruction game ah, kind of took the okay. internet by storm a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember hearing about that. So yeah, I'm just uh, dipping into that a little bit. Man, uh, they give you a blowtorch and I unlocked the sandbox level where these wooden cabins are suspended out above the, the water and you can <laughs> light them on fire at the base. And this is the most realistic fire I've ever seen in a video game. The way it spreads mm -hmm. and the way smoke absolutely billows and shoots out of it like mm -hmm. and obscures. And it feels volumetric if you're in the space, like it goes like floor to ceiling Okay. Billows of smoke. And then uh, chunks of these cabins are like slowly falling off into the water. Instead nice. of just being like, oh, this part burns and this part burns. It's like, no, this is going to burn first. And then this is going to fall off. And then the whole thing's going to be at an angle. And like, and by the end, it's not every little speck is burned, but you have this, this wreck of, of shit that's all going each different direction. And it's like, yeah, that shit got burned down. And like, it's not just a pile of ash. It still has its component parts in, in places. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm pretty intrigued. Uh, nice. Just getting getting started on that. Sounds like I'll, I'll definitely throw it in the library and explore it a little bit. Cause yeah. um, even if it's just a half hour, it sounds like it'd be fun to poke around at a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much uh, been it for me. I'm kind of like, do I go back to Armored Core now? Like, well, hold that thought for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll dip back into that just a little yeah. later in this pod. 
very good. Well, I think, uh, yeah, as, a, as a, we alluded to, we will have a guest. Uh, so we're just going to do game ranks and then on into the guest. But that does mean it is time for game ranks. Rank it on up, Moses. Well, Paul, this week, a funny thing happens on the way to episode 100. <laughs> and that funny thing is that you start realizing that maybe you need to break a rule or two. Hmm. Um, and I decided I really needed to break this particular rule. Okay. Uh, which is the idea that I really oh, need to finish the game before ranking it. So this, oh, just let it wash over you and bring back the memories, right? Such yeah. a killer track. It is. It's a the way killer the beat track. kicks in. There it is. I, I believe you actually uh, you wrote something that goes along with this one, if I'm recalling. Yeah. Parody lyrics. Yeah, but no, it is it is a track that those of you who have been listening to the podcast from well, I'd have to say from nearly the beginning uh, would uh, would well recognize and might even remember Paul singing to. Uh, it is Loop Hero, mm -hmm. uh, a game that is baked into the fabric of this podcast uh, in, in a very real way, you know, um, Loop Hero. Shoot, I should have pulled this up uh, real quick before uh, before I started talking here. So I'll just let you know on my way to looking up the uh, uh, the, the core deets here uh, um, that I just, you know, I like to contextualize stuff that way. Loop Hero is going to be my number 39. Wow, man. It was always going to break ranking somehow, right? Yeah. I wanted to finish it first. And I will still finish this game. I don't have any like real question about the potential of finishing Loop Hero. Like, I'm going to finish Loop Hero. It's just that the end of it is a grind. You know, I want to see how it ends. I want to see how the narrative wraps up in Loop Hero for sure. Mm -hmm. But um, the end of it is real grindy. And I'm going to have to be in the right mood, essentially, to actually sit down. Because I think I have to grind out some more. It's not levels. Uh, some more of the village, essentially. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to grind out a little bit more of the village to, to, to finish this game. And that's OK. That's OK. So 2021 is the year that I was looking for. And of course, published by Devolver Digital um, from a Russian studio Four Quarters. Uh, but if I recall correctly, when the war started in Ukraine, I think they made this game available for free. So okay. just to not be casting aspersions on them just because they are a Russian studio. Creative mm -hmm. people exist in countries that perpetuate atrocities, much like this country perpetuates atrocities. <laughs> so, right. you know, like, we'll just get that little piece out of the way there. Um, man, what is not to love about Loop Hero? It's such an astonishingly good game. And this is why, like, when this game came out, I was like, my God, this is like one of these games that's made for me. Mm -hmm. Like, in spite of the fact that I'm uh, struggling to grind through, like, the tail end of it, and it is. It's the last the last of the four chapters. Um, and spoiler, you have to beat all of the previous bosses in the final chapter mm -hmm. in order to conclude the game. And I don't know, maybe I will find out fight God themselves. Um, but that's certainly not where the game starts out for you. And this is one of the things I love about this game. It starts out with like the blankest of blank slates. It starts out with a simple loop a few basic tiles from your, like, you don't really know you have a card set you can choose from yet, but a few basic tiles you can place on the board to build up a world in this void. And these simple inter interactions with the villagers as they start to appear, starting with, I think, like just one of them, like not until you've completed your first loop, if uh, if I'm recalling correctly, do you have, th have that interaction like, oh, wait, they're 
there was nothing here, but for some reason you were. Mm-hmm. And your existence is enough to start calling elements of the world that has been, by all counts, according to the Lich and everyone who comes after him, intentionally destroyed and annihilated. You know, act a willing act of, of God. Mm-hmm. Um, after all, your second boss fight is, uh, is an angel. Um, so... And here you are fighting in the face of of a very this very dark fate, and that's such an incredible twist. You don't find this out, I think, until you beat the Lich, or maybe it's part of his intro dialogue with you. I think, yeah, um, intro. It's it's his intro dialogue because it's suddenly like it it turns your traditional narrative on its head mm-hmm. in a game that has already got a very deconstructed narrative to it. And God knows, I love it when a game manages to do a just bastardization where it's not just the played narrative and it's not just a big narrative story that's been written for you or even with paths for you to negotiate mm-hmm. like no it's some weird thing somewhere in between there are these islands of narrative that you arrive at that are in this case very much preordained you're going to to slowly uncover this stuff you might not have every conversation along the way you probably will because you'll probably build most of the things but your choices are different points will surface different stuff you might choose to never really go hard with the necromancer my mm-hmm. to date favorite class and i'll be surprised if it isn't my favorite class when i finish too yeah um and if you don't you might not discover the part where like because you summon an army of undead the locals really don't like this if you build the guard towers they will shoot at you too <laughs> you know right um so yeah i i think loop hero is just one of these really really unique games that has in its own way, like deeply informed my play. So it is above Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, but after Nidhogg, I was tempted to rank it actually after Shadow of the Colossus, but I was like going down the list. I was like, oh, wait a second. No, no, no. But then when I got to Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and kind of looking at the stuff past that, I was like, yeah, yeah, I can reasonably rank this above those other games. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, man, any, uh, I know you ranked this game quite a while back. I don't remember what what position you've got it in. Seventy one for me. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, going back to the, I thought you had it ranked higher, or had ranked it earlier is maybe a better way to put it. Yeah, it feels like it maybe deserves a higher uh, uh, ranking, but I think uh, you and I are both going to have to hash that out in uh, in a few episodes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because Blaze Ball's at 72, and I'm like, hmm, I kind of like Blaze that's Ball. Insane. That's <laughs> insane. <laughs> did you did you rank Blaze Ball out of disappointment? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the the Prison of Delights. Uh, Blaze Ball plus of, podcast I, plus Luke I Hero. I kind of like this game that I bought the bomber jacket for my team. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's I, I kind of want to revisit uh, Loop Hero. I think I'll, I'll let it cool off uh, for for a little longer. I, I doubt we'll see a DLC. It's been you know probably too long at this point. Yeah, I don't know um, that it needs one. It got a pretty major, couple of pretty major patches. Yeah, um, um, it got a really important save patch at some point that made okay. it so that it was not so brutal. I think you can save in the middle of a loop. I think that was okay. the, the thing I'm I'm remembering here. Yeah, that's kind of important. Um. But Especially yeah. like late in a level. Yeah. You know, like you've you've done a lot of loops, you've built up a lot of shit, and you're in one of these loops where it's like, this could be the boss run loop. I'm like 45 minutes into this fucker, but I have to step away. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I, I love the 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 pixel aesthetic. Like uh 
Absolutely. The lich, the lich looks so fucking badass. It is such a great lich. And just the creativity and then mixing and matching the tiles, like the the, the discovery of it. Like, oh, I've got this river now. If I put a river next to the mountain, what happens? Absolutely. Maybe nothing or maybe some cool shit happens, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, again, this is another reason why, like, like I said, like these games where you sometimes you just feel like this game is made for me, like not specifically just for me, mm -hmm. but like, you know, made in part for me. Like it's a it's a, it's a game made for people like me. Yeah. And it's got that beautiful combination, like the emergent gameplay and discovery aspect, um, uh, you know, a, a weirdly deconstructed narrative mm -hmm. and this integration of a few different game mechanics that you feel like they never should have gone together. And I believe that actually that's part of loop hero's origin story is uh if i'm remembering correctly that it uh it was like a game jam game that, yeah that you know jammed together a couple of these mechanics and it's like wait this has legs we mm -hmm. could develop this so yeah yeah uh well good stuff man for myself this week um kind of a overdue ranking here for me given uh what this game has meant to us and you know, being a, a pandemic game along with Animal Crossing, you know, coming out at the perfect time. It's Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, coming in at number 92 for yours truly. Um, Excellent. I mean, you know, we've talked quite a bit about Fall Guys over the years. Uh, years, wow. Um <laughs> But I think... Okay. It, Wait, I laughed, and then I'm like, no, you actually meant yeah. that shit. I think all we really need to say about it is that you and I fired up a match the other day, a co-op match. Yeah. We had a fucking hell of a time. We did. And we made it to the final and didn't quite... You know, I think we were second out of 30 We made it to the final and got second. Did we make it to the final twice? No. Maybe just the once. Yeah. Um, but it controls great. It feels great um the 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 duos the way the scoring works and now it even tells you what the, the number of points you earned that must be a newer a newer feature oh yeah um oh, i have noticed that great um so you know like i said we've, we've said a ton about fall guys and aside from uh the other night we haven't been playing it a ton so nothing is like that top of mind um i will say when this season of duos started up it felt uh, a little stale in the sense of like a lot of the of the levels from last season and when we played the other night it was like oh they really got in here and refreshed the duos levels mm -hmm. yeah that was nice yeah absolutely um so yeah i think that's uh, about all i need to say about fall guys um which uh, leads us into the next feature of the show it's time for the guest segment with us on this week's episode is Phil Sullivan. Hello, Phil. Hey, what's up, Ab? What's happening, Paul? <laughs> just uh, same, same old, same old. Just doing a same little old, pod here old. with Moses. Um, thanks for for joining us. Yeah, thanks. I'm a first time, first time. So yeah. I uh, yeah, heard the pod yesterday. Listened to a couple episodes today, and now I'm on All the right. pod. So yeah, nice. just like I definitely. That. I definitely noticed a little bump in the numbers. So I'm like, oh, maybe that was the Sullivans. So <laughs> that was cool. Um, but yeah, um, you know, you and I have known each other for a while. Same with with you and Moses. Um, and then kind of didn't see each other for a while. I happened to see your wife at the grocery store. 
and uh, and reconnected. So uh, very, very cool that that all happened. Yeah, um, long time friends, yeah. Yeah. You know, I've spent many, many uh, good gaming hours with you. A lot of tabletop, some Jackbox. Oh, you, you turned me on to so many games with uh, the Steam games, Nidhogg. I mean, that, um, uh, Spelunky. I mean, we, we played a lot of games. Yeah. yeah. Indeed. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, um, well, speaking of games, we'll uh, we'll get into my uh, questions three here, Phil. And uh, question number one, what's the first game you remember playing? Um, <clears throat> it had to be like a, like a, ASCII, like the mm -hmm. monkey tossing a banana game, like back in the old Apple IIe days when they wheeled them into the rooms. Wow. That was my earliest game I remember. But then uh, we did have an Atari 2600. So the uh, the Pong type uh, Super Mario games were pretty popular when, when you know, back in the day. And, and those are probably my first games, you know, like the the first level Mario sort of game. Yeah. So yeah, this yeah. this monkey throwing a banana like this was a a real yeah it was it was like huh. a pro like they they had programmers come in to like teach us and we were in like third grade or something so it was early on oh, and cool. it was Apple two E but it was it was old school uh, weird buildings but yeah you had to program the uh, monkey to throw a banana at the sun or something it was really yeah, okay. very basic and basic or logo do you remember. Actually, it might actually be basic. Yeah, like yeah, it, it was one of the two. If it was on the an Apple II series computer, because mm -hmm. I definitely share that experience as far as like developmental game slash computer experiences that Apple II era. Yeah, and then oh, you know those old educational games, the Super Munchers and the Number Munchers. You know those classic educational ones. Oh yeah, Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail. Yep. You, oh, you ever play Yukon Trail? The sequel. Never played Yukon Trail. No. Pretty good. You get all the way to Yukon territory and then like, well, I'm going to pan for gold here and you <laughs> might just get a few flakes and then that's it. And you're like, well, that was not worth the journey. Well, and then the Oregon trail, you would just hunt and hunt and hunt and hunt for the entire time <laughs> you were allowed on the computer. And then <laughs> right. you can only carry 10 pounds back to your. Yeah. That's, yep. Yeah. That was, that was our uh, small town uh, <laughs> old school gaming. Yeah. Nice. There you go. Uh, question number two, what's the first game you remember beating? I mean, you never really beat Tetris. <laughs> you only just get points <laughs> at it. Um, probably Mario 1. I mean, yeah, I was a Nintendo kid. So, yeah, yeah. it was Mario 1. And, yeah, I played and played at level 8, 2, 8, 3, and 8, 4. Always so brutal. Yeah. I always love it. I, there's a great... It always builds anticipation for me. Uh, when you start seeing the castle walls in the background, which in you've the, never seen before. You're like, right, oh, and, those hammer, and the Hammer Brothers out of nowhere. Yeah. And oh yeah. You, there's you only get like two coins in the entire level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's it's brutal. I I later I've I've played Nintendo for my entire life, so I've I've gone back and played every level small. So I'll only play mm -hmm. Mario, but I no no power ups. Try to get low score. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really annoying. Like you wait in front of the um, in front of the flagpole till the time runs out. You jump with the minimal amount of time, like yep. low scoring. I played that for it, you know. Tried to do that for a little while, and yeah, it's like min-maxing sort of that 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 game is 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 really cool, and having that experience over an extended period of time. Yeah, yeah. Have you played the Lost Levels? I played. I dabbled with the yeah. Mario All Stars, but yeah, never never got good at them the way I got good at the other traditional Mario levels. And Mario Two, I think I can beat in about five minutes. Yeah, it's not <laughs> not a not a beefy one. Uh, yeah. cool. And, well, my, 
Oh, you go. Or I'll go. Uh, well, my final question. What, Phil, what is your favorite game? Uh, the game I want to talk about today. Uh, <laughs> my favorite game. Hell yeah. I've been playing it for literally 30 years. It's my favorite game. Awesome. Well, yeah, oh, it sounds like yeah, I think we better not dig in the way that we normally might with yeah. uh, with that question, Paul. Maybe maybe let that rest for a, a few minutes here while I uh, <laughs> while I launch a volley of questions at Phil myself. Yes, please. Yeah, I won't. I won't info dump immediately. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. No, no, it would spoil the segment. I mean, if such a thing is possible, which I'm not sure such a thing is possible. Um, well, Phil, uh, you you alluded to um, a couple of great, well, one great versus game and one game that has a great versus mode. Um, What's your favorite versus game, whether it be, you know, 1v1 or, or multiplayer? What's your, your favorite game for just tussling and taking people out and uh, and or mayhem? Uh, Street Fighter 2, you know, yeah. I, I, those and technically Street Fighter Alpha 2 or Street Fighter Alpha 3, whatever the PlayStation 2 version that it, it had all the extra characters available. Gotcha. Um, just played the shit out of that game in college. And oh, yeah. it was just so much fun to. I, you know, I think I got a more improved button mashing, but I think I was able to get those. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah. And, it, you know, and that kind of spawned those like Marvel versus Capcom sort of era yeah. games and that just collection of characters fighting each other. I mean, if you can see my background on the screen here, I like characters fighting each other. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. absolutely. But yeah, I think the Street Fighter 2, I think that was probably pinnacle, you know, fighting games and then yeah it was great to fight a buddy you know yep yeah no paul and i actually at the start of this podcast had a thing about like maybe we could get good enough at a fighting game to enjoy high level fighting gameplay <laughs> i don't know if we you tried. feel like you forgot that or if it was just as you said advanced button mashing yeah no i you think got... it was you play against your i played against my my college roommate and then we would play until we were uh our thumbs were tired and it's like mm -hmm. okay we can stop now it's not like <laughs> You don't keep score. You're just like, okay, back into it. Let's do it again. Let's pick a different character. Let's change it up. And I think that the replay value sort of was the best part of that. Oh, for sure. Who was I your mean, dude? Thank you, Paul. The inevitable yeah. question. <laughs> I, I liked Akuma. Okay, and I just okay. recently learned that Dan means like master. So I would play as oh. the uh, the pink suited Ryu, who's named the character named Dan, uh, who had really good taunts, oh. which was an oddly specific, you know, you know, minute thing in the game, but he had really good taunts. Nice. <laughs> I remember playing, I think with, I think against you as Dan, and you just threw rocks at me the whole time. Is that? Uh, that's Cody. I think that's Cody. Cody. Okay, right. Prisoner. He would just pick up these rocks and throw them. That's and bullshit. Just, yeah. mm -hmm. no, well, Dan you know, I did almost ask you, uh, you know, what your favorite game is for trolling. So it was close. Oh, well, yeah, no. <laughs> And if, and once you get like good at those games, you can just like uh, we would play double T Hawks, and we both both of us would just do the attack, and it, mm -hmm. it, I would try to do like a double KOs. We would did we did a triple double KOs in, in one one awesome session. But yeah, it's just, yeah, there's always a really cool combos, and I think that was a great aspect of those Street Fighter games too, was the the combo sort of that uh, juggling sort of aspect, which was mm -hmm. a real neat app neat game mechanic that came out of that oh for sure yeah well i'm gonna make a little bit of a jump here which is what i tend to do with my questions they just go all over the place um you know it's uh i think a little warmer out there today than it was yesterday i checked in yesterday and i was like oh that's not fair 
um <laughs> like that's late december temperature that's not not late november temperature mm-hmm. um but it did make me think about winter and paul's made a couple of jokes on the pod recently about like warming our hands over the the blue light of the playstations or keeping warm by the the glow of the pixels um it just makes me think like what's one of your favorite uh winter games to just like you know something you can go back to as a game during the winter that's just got that that warm feel to it um terraria actually i played mm-hmm. the that was a really great great uh, pandemic game too like oh it's sure keep building and building and exploring and exploring and digging um that was really um, it was super immersive and you could literally dig down into the game right and, yeah um but yeah i think that was a really good cozy game too you could just you could you could focus on one thing you could just build out your house make it look really cool get um like uh scavenge all your materials you needed yeah it was definitely that that was a good winter game for me cozy game is such a good way to put that i really should have uh (laughs) but it's cool that's perfect building building on it this is uh, the vibe is already going in the right direction which comes as literally no surprise all right. Well, my my last question for you. I always try to get adventurous and, and ask something weird, especially uh, if I know the guest well enough. So, um, you know, you've you've done uh, done fitness stuff over, over the years, um, including in uh, I, I think in to some degree you were you were doing some training at at, at one point, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So uh, c- consider this scenario. You are the personal trainer for Diddy Kong. <laughs> what is your plan for Diddy? And what do you anticipate is the biggest challenges working with this client? Mm. Um, right off the bat, focus. I think that monkey cannot focus on what he's doing <laughs> and he gets distracted easily. Uh, as far as fitness, that guy is incredibly strong. And with yeah. that style tail, I mean, come on, he can do pull-ups on the with the tail alone. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, what are what are some things you want to put in his plan? Um, well, I would definitely in you know I'd work on his diet. You know, okay, like bananas. You gotta you gotta switch it up. You need a variety, maybe mm-hmm. some uh, some whole foods, some uh, almonds. Get some almonds in there or something. <laughs> some source of protein. Come yeah, on. You need, yeah, you can't just you can't just eat on bananas alone. It cannot live by bananas alone. Is famous famous quote, right? And no fermented bananas, especially if you're getting behind the wheel. No, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. See, a, there are responsible Wisconsinites. Who knew? I can just see he, all he wants to do is cartwheels. It's like oh, cartwheels are not enough of an exercise. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you got to even it out too. You got to go back the other direction. You got to right. scroll right, scroll left. Yeah. There you go. All right. Um, well, that I think that takes us through questions. So, uh, you know, the, the wheel is yours. Cool. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, Paul brought this up last night when we, uh, when we hung out and uh, yeah, I gathered a few of my uh, Battletoad memorabilia. And <clears throat> if you can see in the background, I have my Commodore 64 monitor hooked up to my original NES that I've had for since I was a kid. Nice. So 30 years. And then, um, yeah, I, I fired it up just before it worked. It's working great, but yeah, I usually play, once or twice, I don't know, a month now. I, I don't really get back to it that much, but I do try to play Battletoads at least, you know, you know, as as much as I can, as much as, as humanly possible. But yeah, I got, um, I'm an artist, so I'm into like uh, 8-bit art. So the bead sprites were really 
great. I know this is a, a visual medium on a podcast, but I made these bead sprites out of uh, um, perler beads of these uh, various Battletoads characters. And it was always such a great game. It was so visual. The, the uh, rare brand was an incredible. The art direction, the style, the uh, graphics were just out of sight. Uh, but yeah, one of my prized possessions, obviously, is my copy of Nintendo Power that had a 40-page oh. 40, 40 spread, breakdown of every single level. Oh, my I, God. I studied this thing, like, left and right. It was just oh, incredible. Wow. Every move. Uh, I go this way. There was a comic book God. section in the middle. Oh, beautiful. It was just, yeah. The Nintendo Power. I mean, if you the the times when you weren't playing video games, you were thinking about video games and you were reading about video games and getting any sort of advantage you could. Especially and, with Battletoads, that game oh, has some hot bullshit in it. Notoriously, the hardest game, <laughs> some of the hardest levels. Uh, I I do the warps. I do the cheat codes. There's actually a cheat code to get five lives that you have to hold down a special button combination. Down B A and then press start, and it gives you five whole gives you five lives. instead of three. Yeah, how generous! Then, yeah, so generous. But no, the the levels are notoriously bad. They're difficult, um, but the variety was always incredible. You know, there was a side-scrolling fighting level, monsters popping up out of the ground, monsters coming down, dragons. You could fly in a dragon. You know, you pick up a stick that was really innovative at that time to pick up a weapon and attack somebody. Yeah, I mean, it was this was Mario time where we're bouncing and jumping on, you know, turtle heads. Yeah. And this game comes out and it's like, this is incredible. And the 3D parallax. Yeah, it's the work that the rare company put into this game is just the stick point is really relevant. If you think about it Uh, at that point, they couldn't do the fancy shit they can now with sprites. Mm-hmm. Where it's just yeah. like, oh, well, we just attach this to that. And there's a structure underneath it as if it were a 3D model. Like back then, it's like, oh, no, you've got to have a whole other sprite set for this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no wireframe. You're not, yeah, you're not, uh, y- yeah, you're not going to be able to to make this easy. It's going to be individual sprites. You're going to be placing pixels. And uh, yeah, my, you know, as I got into art, you know, you know, as Absolutely. a career, and basically pixel art was incredible. And I, I focused in on that for a long time and placing pixels and, and being able to just zoom out and having that image created. It's just, it's incredible that what we're able to do with three little colors on a monitor. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, it's, yeah, it's quite impressive. Now that Nintendo power, is that the one you've had since it came to your, to your oh, door? Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, uh, I didn't have a subscription. I think I had to, I don't know how I bought this. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't have my parents' address on it anymore. But uh, yeah, volume 25. <clears throat> wonder what year it even came out. It was must be 92 or something. But yeah, I, I scoured this. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> how about the original cartridge? How old were you when you, when you got that? Uh, I think I was six or something. No, let's see. No, it's probably 10. I think when I started playing it, because it came out, I was born in 82. It came out in 91. I think we got it in 92. That sounds about right. And then, yeah, been playing pretty consistently ever since. And then did you have a a paper route or Christmas or how did you get your hot little hands on it? Yeah, it was was a Christmas present. Yeah. Yeah, Do you remember like you saw ads for it and you're like, shit, I want this. Or did your parents just luck out or? 
Uh, no, it was, yeah, it was ads. It was, you know, Nintendo Power magazines. It was like that playground talk about it. You know, it was the Ninja Turtle craze was the, was going on at that time. Sure, so this yeah. was a obvious yeah, sure. knockoff of, yeah. of Ninja Turtles. I mean, it's mutant, you know, toads. It's mutant frogs. It's not a big leap to get to that. But uh, big leap. Oh, oh, no. no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's uh, it's zit rash and pimple. Pimple. My God. So and then <laughs> it's going for it. It's, uh, and then uh, yeah, they uh, are there. Uh, and pimple is immediately kidnapped. The pimple and pimple and the princess are kidnapped in the first game, mm. and rash and zits zits was the zits. yellow guy rash was the green guy with, with glasses mm-hmm. and the um the attacks were always so cool because they were exaggerated fists like their fists would blow up five times the size yeah and knock the bad guy clear across the entire screen oh. or he'd have a giant boot and he'd fly up into the air or uh you could do a a, a combo move called the battle toad butt you would turn <laughs> into a battering ram and smash into them yeah there was I learned all the terms. I yeah, I, yeah. I studied all this stuff. You know, uh, I think Paul, we played it. We played a couple oh, times. Yeah. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, two player is impossible uh, because this was very innovative at the time. You could attack your buddy. Oh. No, no other game you you could do that. And some parts of the level, you would pick up the other guy and throw him across like a crevasse to get across. And wow, yeah, and. Uh... I mean, how long did you sit and playing this? Was it was it years before you managed to beat it, or was it like a fabled "I'm never going to beat this" kind of thing? Or oh, it, it was yeah. I was studying back and forth. There's warp levels to get ahead, but then it gets to head to even harder levels, and you right. would just grind and grind. And by the time you got there, you would. It was notorious for not giving you health or giving you one ups. You would have to really earn those or not get touched at all. So I mean, I was ducking, jumping, like. Donkey Kong, uh, what, uh, what was King of Kong? The the video, like the video game documentary, I mm-hmm. identified with that guy, like where he was watching it and composing musical notes to to how to get across that. Oh wow! Yeah, so it was I, I, I studied this game. I mean, I was I was really into this game for many many years, but um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, I never beat it. <laughs> I've I've got I played it on game I I used the game genie to get to the last level and technically with cheats I was able to finish the game but no I've never never completed the game from from start to finish Oh to this day you still haven't it's Still not no Huh because it's that ridiculously hard It's ridiculously wow. hard yeah Yeah <laughs> You should and do a do a stream I you know. like so my setup is so analog. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah, I was trying to turn it on before. I don't even think I'm not even sure if picture is gonna work. I saw some some colors and some lights, yeah. Yeah, I got real bright. I think I can move my laptop closer for you guys. I know you're not you don't share this streaming, right? Right. Nope. And uh, who do you normally go with? Uh zits or a rash? So that was really cool. On this game, you um, if you put in the controller, the Nintendo controller in the slot one, you're the green guy. Slot two, you're the yellow guy. Okay. No matter what. That's huh. awesome. So I already put in the cheat code to give me five lives, and now I'm warping to level three within the first 30 seconds of the game. I'm already warping. Can you guys see it all? No. Yeah, I, mean, uh, a bit. I see a bit. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. 
like I, I've honestly played this game so much. Uh, I can do it, you know, eyes closed, not looking at the screen. But yeah, oh, I just died. Don't worry about that. Does does, <laughs> does part of you want to do like a hundred percent run, or is it is you it know, not what what it really means to you? Like I struggle with that. Like the completionism. Like, do you yeah. want to get to full one hundred? Did you pick up every single pickup? Did you do all that? You know, is that really important or are you having fun playing the game? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if uh audio nice. only podcasts are right. <laughs> it is what it is. It's a medium it that we have fallen behind the times, apparently, you know. Well, and so so speed of modern games, like I mean, I'm playing a game from thirty-two years ago that looks great and runs great just fine, but I can't get my laptop to play a modern game. <laughs> right. right. It's wild. It yeah. is wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, <laughs> this is the conundrum, isn't it? So, then... um, so yeah, there's other modern like Battletoads iterations that have come out. I mean, games, they released Super Nintendo. I don't know if they did made it to Nintendo 64, but there was a recent one that was a lot more. I'm not even watching. No, I died. Okay. Um, there was uh there was even a more modern game. That came out a couple of years ago. I didn't really check that out. You know, I, I'm kind of a purist and I want to play this one game <laughs> to exhaustion, I guess. Yeah. Um, what about Battletoads Double Dragon? I played a, a, a bit of that, and um there was Battle Maniacs for Super Nintendo. There was the arcade game that actually came to the uh, I think it was Geeks Mania here in Madison. Okay. Uh, the three-player arcade. I've never. I had only seen that once in a Coles. I think twenty years <laughs> ago, and <laughs> didn't have enough quarters to play it. But yeah, I got to play that to my heart's extent. And then yeah, I'm seeing this 2020 game. Did you did you get to play that? Yeah, it was a lot more animated. I I would need to do something weird with my Mac. So no, I, I unfortunately okay. yeah, I'm stuck in the past. I'm yeah. <laughs> Got these in the past and uh and or on a mac either way right as... yeah, that really limits my gaming you know that's yeah. why um i mean there's a tenth of the games you can play uh, for steam for mac yeah, absolutely yeah it's so limited and so that's that's you know one of my 2024 goals is to get a windows machine running again because it doesn't even have to be that current to access a pretty vast catalog of games that you can't play on a mac <laughs> Yeah, I consider doing a virtual, like virtual machine or something to try to get that. But and only for Battletoads. That was the one reason why the I purpose, the that. true guiding light. I should I should really check this out. Toad shaped uh, light. Yeah. But, and then uh, uh, are there are there Easter eggs or secrets within the game? Oh, absolutely. And I'm still finding cool things. Um, for instance, the uh the turbo tunnel level that I was just playing and then rage quit. Um, uh, <laughs> the the tunnel, I, I figured out uh, a little trick where you can dash and jump right as you're getting onto the bike and it puts you it, it propels you like off the screen like up above the screen and then eventually you come down and start the level um, there's also a trick like that in the surfing level you can dash and jump so yeah I have been finding little, little tricks and, and tweaks playing this game for so long um, I would just like to note that you have now casually mentioned a bike and surfing, which I've never played Battletoads, so I'm like, <laughs> this game is fucking deep. Jesus. So there are, I want to say there's like nine levels. It's 
it's the first one is like a, a rock level. The second is a tunnel uh, descending, which was mm -hmm. really interesting mm -hmm. gameplay. Then mm -hmm. you have the turbo tunnel, which was horizontal. Then you go to a snow level where you fight uh, uh, animated snowmen who throw snowballs at you. Of course. And, uh, spiky hedgehog balls that you have to avoid. Uh, fifth level is, I think, some, well, I have this. Let me look at my information. Quick reference. Um, reference book but yeah the uh i think the fifth level is the snakes or that might be the sixth level where you ride on giant snakes throughout the level hmm. as you do oh Amazing. i'm sorry fifth level is surf city okay sixth level is snake pit yeah <laughs> giant snakes hitting giant on the bases snake. uh there is a fire um you you ride on a jet and it's a uh, side-scrolling, similar to the turbo tunnel, but you ride in a fire pit, basically, where fire flames are shot at you. You have to avoid, you know, the the uh, pretty standard, you know, up and down, left and right sort of. Uh, but yeah, the later levels are incredibly hard, and they just get worse and worse and worse. And less save points, less, less restart points. Oh. Harder villains, like, you can't there, and then there's chasing levels where you're being chased by objects or you have to follow somebody and, and keep them in the screen. Yeah. Some oh, of those stuff. Uh, impossible. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But yeah, all this variety in a game from 1991 on an, yeah. on an eight bit system. That's oh, impressive. <laughs> Is there a good, a good villain at the end? The dark queen. Okay. The, Sexy goth girl, okay, <laughs> bad, bad uh, madam that you and that insults you throughout the game through cutscenes and stuff. Okay, and she's I think three times taller than the toads. Okay, <laughs> yeah, keep your safe search on there, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or don't. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. nice. But, uh, yeah, any, any, anything else you'd like to share? Um, oh, I want to talk about the music too. Oh yeah. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. So the music is incredible. The pause music, the, um, the level music I actually downloaded. There was a, a site called like KH downloads, which I think was kingdom hearts downloads yeah, and all these MIDI files. And I downloaded the battle toad stuff, had it for my car, which was really great driving music. When you're in that racing level, you just speed through the cars. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> The, the musician, uh, his name was David Wise, um, just incredible guy. He went on to do a lot more titles with Rare, including Donkey Kong, uh, Donkey mm. Kong Country. Um, and he liked the underwater Don Donkey Kong level, the beautiful music. He created that. Oh, so, yeah. Paul, you've actually specifically called out some of the, the Donkey Kong Country music before, if I'm recalling correctly. Yeah. Aquatic ambiance. Mm hmm which he had to like, and I don't even know exactly how or why, but he had to like hand code parts of it yeah. to make it as good as it ended up being. A little, I don't know if this is the intro here, Phil, you're probably... The intro, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the NES could, could crank it out. Oh, and just, and Moses, what, um, what was the limitation back then? I mean, what, what was the MIDI? I don't remember off the top of my head, I should. Yeah. I should, but I but I don't. But uh, but that actually may have been when Paul, when you're referring to the hand coding, it wouldn't surprise me if it was a question of how to actually cram the music into the very tight limitation of the cartridges. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I don't think this... it was a giant game too. The file wasn't huge. Yeah, 
Um, what's a yeah? See if we can find level three in the scrolling there. Wookie Wookie hole. Wookie hole. No, go to the next one. <laughs> Why is it called Wookie hole? It's just called Wookie hole. Don't worry. Okay. About it. Turbo tunnel. Don't part worry one. about Turbo it. tunnel two. You want most Turbo replayed? Tunnel. Yep. Two. Okay. Yeah. This is this is the hot shit right here. So yeah, this was my driving music for a while. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That heart pumping. <laughs> and then is he wearing pants? Like is he wearing a little strap no, here or is that, that, that his was flesh? confusing to me with the key. <laughs> No, I, I believe that's just like the uh, frog anatomy. I, yeah. I, I think there's a, a cloaca situation going on. Right on. <laughs> Some kind of cloaca situation. And then these, these spiky knee pads. I just imagine taking a knee there, it drives into the ground. I don't know. That's, that's the, rough. The, the, the gauntlets don't really make sense. The spiky belt, you know. Right. But he should have sunglasses on, too. And he's lifting mm. an entire boulder with one hand, which is pretty impressive. Oh um, man! Was, yeah, this is this is this is layered. We got Arctic Cavern. Uh, click on the surf one. That was always really good surf too. City. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep, I can see it. <laughs> oh, definitely. And and we cannot we cannot not play the pause music. So scroll for pause music. You need to play that. Oldmire uh, Inferno, Intruder Excluder. That's a good name for a track. Yeah. Intruder Excluder. <laughs> Rat Race. Clinger Wingers. Clinger Wingers that never beat that one. Boss Battle. Pause Beat. Pause Beat. There it is. Chonky. It is. Anytime you pause, this would just go non-stop. And then, I mean, does it go anywhere, or is this it? No, no, it just repeats. Wow. <laughs> they really want you to get back to the action. Yeah, they clearly do. Well, and it was so, uh, the action was so intense, too, and then you get you come back to this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Game over here. Game over, we reach man. the end of the soundtrack. Pretty yeah, dire. legendary soundtrack. I mean, just legendary game. Notoriously difficult. Um, yeah. 32 years playing it, have never beat the game, <laughs> technically. Hey, and, notably, uh, the soundtrack, uh, YouTube is recommending the 31 best NES soundtracks as a next listen. So, you know, that says something. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you find more David Wise in there. Just incredible musician. No doubt. Yeah, that's so much with so little. It's incredible. Yeah. And yeah, like having that just, you know, that muted uh, palette, <laughs> yep. you know, that, that limited sort of stuff is Definitely. producing that sort of incredible uh, art. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, good stuff, man. Thanks for sharing. Oh, thanks. Um, I believe we will uh, move to the final feature of the show for today, meaning it's time for Make My Game. Coming this week from Exile Productions, 
is uh -oh. enormous, enormous punny. Uh oh. Okay. Enormous pony punishment. I, I swear, every time we use this feature now, it they're they're adding new words. It's getting weirder, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, we can veto. Uh, punishing a pony sounds horrible. Uh, it is an enormous pony, but that isn't that's not a, a, a judgment on the pony's morality. Like, I don't feel like this title reads. I'm still not sure where to go with it. So I'm not saying we shouldn't veto it. But to me, it reads like you're being punished with an enormous pony, not punishing the enormous pony. Hmm. OK, now I'm now I've got maybe a bead on something. What if it is a, a truly enormous pony, a, a horse even perhaps, but it's a pony. And it's this physics-y game where the pony is trotting along across various terrain. You've got your shit and you've got you. And you have to, physics-wise, stay on this pony that is absolutely punishing your, your nether regions. <laughs> I, there's something there. There's something there. I, I don't know how much more th than that is there. Um, what do you think, Phil? Is there enough there to take this somewhere else? I mean, visually, yeah. I mean, it's a big pony, right? <laughs> yeah. Why don't Why don't well, I'll tell you what? Let's Let's do one more, and we can circle back to pony punishment if if this one isn't that good either. Um, a little unconventional move for the pod, but let's give it a shot. I mean, it, yeah. Is it like a catamon? What's a catamondi game where you're like rolling around? Is it a big yeah. pony picking up garbage all around? So our choices are enormous punny punishment, punny. It's hard to say for that uh, matter. Uh, enormous pony punishment or dangerous sewer warrior. I think dangerous sewer warrior has legs. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can feel it. Visualizing, it's... yeah, level design on that. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with it. Let's talk about dangerous sewer warrior. So, Phil, who do you think our protagonist is in dangerous sewer warrior? Well, I, I'm. Picturing like a samurai type thing with a, uh, but a manhole cover hat, obviously, in the sewer yes. warrior. Yeah. Okay. I like this already. This is good. Are, are, are we side scrolling here or are we like uh, Vania oh, uh, Metro? I'm stuck in the 90s, man. Yeah. We're side scrolling. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like more platformy or more like metroidvania like uh, type of side scrolling what's the what's your thought is it a ninja gaiden type of thing is it like oh yeah and climbing on walls but it's sewers so it's it's difficult oh, it's terrain yeah maybe not and you yeah, had mentioned me the, that's out yeah, it's a some slime his, animation i'm sure there's slime animation his hat is a is a manhole cover is oh, that yes. what we so then that that gives you the ability to to pop up onto street level do a little little reconnaissance and then back down. Yeah. Kind of like Definitely. kind of like that look. But you never actually go up into the streets, right? It's just for you to be able to get your bearings because these sewers are so fucking confusing. Right. You oh, you have a you have a map of the city, but, but not, not of, of the, the sewers. sewers. Yeah. yeah. So you're like, oh, I'm at the corner of fifth and, and eighty second. So <laughs> now I kind of can orient myself. Well, what does um, that mean in the sewer? Right. Well, because no, right. on a, on a level, you kind of have some narrative bit that's like telling you, you know, sewer warrior. Here's where you need to go, right? So you're you're going to have to find these spots. So you can find figure out where the heck you are uh, until you've started to slowly and meticulously create a mental map of the game. Dangerous sewer warrior. So I mean, 
Warriors inherently are dangerous. Sewers are inherently dangerous. Sewers are inherently. So I mean, I guess what what makes this person a dangerous warrior instead of just a, a warrior? Is he ill from all the? <laughs> like maybe you have, maybe you are disease ridden from your time in the sewers, and that's why it's even for your allies, you've got like a stink cloud they have to stay out of. Like a pig pen situation going on. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. And like you're in the sewer, a lot of sewer denizens are going to be immune to your stink cloud. Mm-hmm. And you're a warrior. Who are you warring against? <laughs> Do you have rival warriors? Hmm. I think definitely uh, an opposing sewer ninja clan is is part of this game for sure. There's yeah. definitely some color coded outfits. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm I'm picturing like the different hats they wear determine where they come from like i picture a guy with like a a traffic cone helmet and then that can inform his move set a little bit where he where he dwells um and yeah what is uh what is your what is your goal here as a sewer warrior maybe it's just to be left in in peace in the sewers i don't know i i don't know i think people have been flushing things that they should not be flushing Mm, yeah and that there is uh, a, you know, as a result, there is a giant, uh, whatever, fat burger or, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Fat yeah. burger is definitely a boss. It's it's a boss. It's a boss. It might even be the final boss. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe no, it's a, it's the penultimate boss because you get to, to reveal whoever the real big bad is only after you beat the fat burger boss. Right. So, yeah, all along you're getting contracts from like plumbers or other, you know, like city officials. But then the end, it turns out that like it is the plumbers all along. They've been the ones facilitating the alligator giant growth, that that kind of stuff. Society, society was the bad guy all along. <laughs> right. Yes. No. Yeah. It's a, it's the plumbers' union because they're trying to keep themselves in in work. So they want to make sure the sewers don't get too clean. Everything can't be working too well down there. Right. They get in over their heads, but then you do a too good of a job, and then at the end, they're, they're throwing wrenches work. at you. So you're fighting Mario and Luigi at the end of this. Is this what I'm hearing? You know, it could be a knockoff. I don't know if either of you played, I think it was Revenge of Shinobi, where you fight fucking Batman <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and like Spider-Man as Shinobi. And they didn't have the rights. They were just like, yeah, we're going to put Batman but in the, our game. It's like, this is pretty clearly Batman. You just can't yeah. call him that. Yeah. Yeah. I think there they called that, him Spider-Man. Like, there was that great game, um, Super Mario. What was that? Uh, it was I was on explodingrabbit.com. Do you remember that back in the day? It was Super Mario. Ah, uh, but you could play at or Super Mario crossover. Yeah, that's what mm. it's called. You could play as like the Metroid guy in Mario World, or play oh, as okay. right. Yeah. So yeah, that you expanded that uh, character selection screen. I dig that. I dig yeah. that. Yeah. Now I'm actually liking this idea that um, you know some of these bosses are like direct rips bosses and or mobs are like just direct rips of, of classic characters that are like slightly tweaked to be like copyright avoidant, but it's got this like subtle satirical component cause it's all been flushed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the re- the refuse, but obviously yeah, giant um, alligator boss is, uh, or, or maybe it's not even a giant alligator. Maybe it's actually lots of little medium sized alligators. They're too big to own, but not big enough to be, be giant. Some mutated turtles can show up maybe. Clearly. 
clearly. Yeah, I think we we can have different types of slime in this game too. It's, it's not just one slimy sewer slime, right? You can, you can have useful slime, you can have dangerous slime, you can have slippery slime. You can have, you have ooze. like ooze, yeah, yeah. Secrets of the ooze, yeah. Mm -hmm. I always loved how much that shit like glowed neon green like in the movies. Like, kind of kind of looks tasty. Kind of want to try some ooze. I uh. Paul, please, uh, you know, stay away from. Well, there are a variety of fluids. I just want to warn you off of right now <laughs> if you think that looks tasty. But let's start with antifreeze. Just don't get around it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you guys remember the the Gersberms books. They had one called uh, Monster Blood, and it talked about you'd eat the monster blood and then get like powers. And it would talk about how good it tasted, and it was like this viscous, slimy blood. And I just that's coming back to me now. It's like I want to. I need some Get that slime in there. Yeah. Some Nickelodeon slime in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. For yeah. sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh I'm feeling pretty good about Dangerous Sewer Warrior. Any I think there's well one more thing to address is that um I, I you gotta have uh, some some weapon variety going on here. We haven't yeah. addressed what your what your arsenal consists of. I couldn't help but but picture katana as your 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 default. I dig it. Um, but uh, you could have like Fatberg snowballs. Yeah. As as one. I'm just um, like, what's the katana made out of though? Like, is it sewer specific? That's hard to say. It's got to be. It's got to be like. It can't just be a katana. It's it's got to somehow have been you know redeemed from from garbage. Yeah. Hmm. Or maybe not. You know, maybe somehow this katana wound up in the sewers, and that's how you you know became. Became exciting incident the dangerous sewer warrior yeah yeah it's how you found your destiny call to action perfect yep yeah yeah exactly hero's, hero's exactly. quest to get rid of fat bird yep yep there we go maybe you need I to bring some... like clean water with you too i don't know you like mana yep it's like you get a you get some clean water potions or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's good i definitely like that and i think you should probably be able to uh, on at least one level, you can take off your um, your manhole hat to to throw it odd job oh, style. Oh yeah, Hell yeah. It's, a, style. It probably, it's probably overpowered. You can't do that on all of the levels, but there's like a level that uh, that specifically requires it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe some sewer goo could be could be used for climbing things too. In terms of another limited resource, where you need to figure out how you're going to to access certain certain parts of the sewers. Slime well, ropes. Variety of slimes, yeah. You yeah. get your slimes, you get your slippery slimes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And maybe you have like a little animated uh oh no, I was gonna say slimes, but no, let's go all in. You've got um some little uh sewer rat friends. Yeah. That uh that you can, you know, different different sewer denizens who who are friendly to you. Mm -hmm. I dig. Yeah. Um cool. Well, uh this week from Exile Productions, we have Dangerous Sewer Warrior. Uh which brings us to the final bit of the show, the goodbyes. And uh Phil, uh it was great having you, man. Thanks for joining us this time. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, man. And uh Moses, uh any any final thoughts from you? 
Well, Paul, I actually, uh, I just have a final quick question for you because I totally forgot that we don't do uh, our, our mid features with, with a guest so that oh, our yeah. episodes can be reasonably contained, unlike the last one. Um, so just answer me real quick, although I think I already know the answer. You dropped off of both Tears of the Kingdom and Fires of the Rubicon. And what is the next blank of the blank? No. Um, which of those <laughs> games do you think you're more likely to bounce back to, uh, you know, sooner? It's got to be Armored Core. Armored Core? I... I don't know if I'll go back to Zelda. Like I enjoyed my time with it. It's just too too it's so much funny. of everything. Some alternate world, other awesome things hadn't come out, and you probably would have stuck with it more. But you know, but but maybe not because the exact same thing happened with Breath of the Wild. Like mm. I just got my fill of the mechanics, and I didn't. It's like waiting upstream playing that game. Like it's fun and yeah. it's arguably worth it, but it it requires so much from from the player so much of it is player driven your motivations how you go about things um the 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 controller spaghetti of the 900 different things you can do like well then my final thought is you know nintendo and from soft for that matter please sooner or later double back from all these open world things <laughs> give us more contained games again well armored core is armored core is mission based there's no open world so okay. it might it might okay. be exactly what I'm what I'm looking for actually. Nice, nice. Well, that's my final thought then. Excellent. Well, uh, thanks as always for being here with us. Oh yeah, thanks as always for bringing us together. Oh show, and thanks to everyone out there for listening to this week's episode of Paul and Moses Play. If you have a question, a comment, or a submission, you can email us at paulandmosesplay at gmail We'll see you next week, and until then, never. never. Stop, Stop playing. playing.